hits the buzzer beater to get to the final four. <laughs> That's right. Another dope ass motif production. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Double digits for the podcast. Number ten. Yeah. How you feel? How you feel? Good. We got uh we got the final four set for the packy bracket. Jump off. Pacific time, don't look back in the campaign. That's right. All All OTB productions. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you were ready for that. I was. All right. So, do you got any topics you want to get on right off off the bat? No, just uh, the the packy bracket continues to um, be fun. I'm glad... As much as some of the results surprise me, I'm glad that they do because it would have been no fun to just have the most popular songs advance every time. Right. Um, so it's cool to have, you know, jump off beat Wob and even, you know, whether people out there agree or not, like it's just cool because it's more of a similar to an actual tournament or bracket or whatever where it's not just like the be- or the the high seed, the most popular, whatever wins. So right. that's been cool to watch. And I will... Probably when we're done with it, once we've declared a champion, we'll do a little in-depth analysis and and kind of talk about our feelings on it and whatnot. But I don't. I want to wait till it's completely over to because I don't want to sway the results. Makes sense. Other than that, NCAA tournament has a final four: Villanova yeah. um, taking on Kansas in one side, and Loyola taking on Michigan on the other side. I'm scared shitless that Michigan's going to win a national championship. I will be. Very sad if that <laughs> happens. Um, I almost, I almost had three out of the four final four teams of Duke. I almost won. had three out of the four, so you had two, right? Yeah. I okay, had I had two as well. If I would have picked with my head instead of my heart, because I went with Michigan State, idiot. Yeah, I had Michigan and Villanova. Um, I have Villanova taking it all, and I'm in first in my bracket right now. I need if Loyola and Villanova. Both win, then I'm gonna be in the money. Wow, me too. If Villanova wins, Villanova's got to beat Kansas mm-hmm. in order for me to be in the money. So uh, let's see what else did we have going on. We uh, I went to uh, Justin Stone uh, Ryan Caraveo show uh, in Ann Arbor. Heard you did a song. Yeah, I did facade with Justin Stone. He hit me up like, you know randomly that day and was like i was already planning on going to the show to support he was like want to do facade and i was like sure just let me learn my lyrics really quick <laughs> i almost got through it too i i like normally you know when i'm when you uh don't know the words or something like that you 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 stumble when the verse starts mm-hmm. um i got through all the way to like four bars left and i lost it wow but we vibed out it was a vibe it was fun uh but appreciate him for bringing me out um there were some people, um, multiple people that knew me and were familiar with the spectators and, and whatnot came up before the show and set what up and came up after the show and got some pictures and all that good shit. So that was Dope. cool. Um, Ali from Toronto, um, fellow Swaggy Tracks artist, was there. Uh, I actually finally got to meet him face-to-face. We've done a song together and, <clears throat> and talked um, you know, texted back and forth and whatnot, but hadn't met face to face yet. He came down from Toronto. Um, 
to show love. So that was cool. Um, congrats to Justin Stone. He got engaged. I saw that. <clears throat> a couple of days Social later. Media. Yeah, his uh, hometown show a couple of days later in Columbus. He uh, popped a question. And she said yes, from what I understand. <laughs> so congrats to him. Uh, what else do we got? We dropped a spectacle last week. Yeah, first one in a long time. First one. So you guys that have been asking to see The Office, um, check out the the spectacle. Shout out Aiden for shooting that. He did a great job. Aiden um, killed up. Yeah, he got shit tons of video while Mo and I were doing extremely tedious, boring shit around The Office, like putting up wallpaper and painting and... Um, you know, screwing shit into the wall and putting furniture together, and he, he actually made, he made the most boring shit look right. fun to watch. Right. So, <laughs> um, go check that out if you want to see the office a little bit. That was like a month and a half of filming for him to put together that fourteen yeah. minute video. He straight up told me he was like, "I don't think going forward I'm going to get that much video." Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I don't have to go lot, through that much, a lot but to sift through. Yeah. No, that was dope. And so anyone that wants to see the office a little bit, check that out. It's still. It's still early stages, like a lot has come together, um, but there's still a lot more to do. Yep. So there'll be more spectacles on the rest of shit coming together and all that good shit. So yeah, a lot going on this last week. Um, so those are some things to catch up on. We'll finish the Packy Bracket this upcoming weekend, and we'll see who takes it home. <laughs> you got anything to, uh, anything to update? Is that it, or you want to get right into shit? Uh, I don't really have anything to update. Oh, I told uh, Danny that um, I would I would mention uh, Green Mitten is launching their new website today. Not sure what time, but um, they've been kind of MIA as far as the merch game and stuff like that goes. While they do some other things, and and um, but they're relaunching the website. They got some new gear. I rocked one of their um, cutoff short sleeve hoodies on the first podcast we did. I think so. That'll be one of the items. but yeah, go go check them out. I'll post some things on social media. Danny was gonna come this last weekend and uh, start working on a mural for our office, um, but he bailed. That last... was this weekend. <clears throat> yeah, oh. he bailed. Typical. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he did say so. He gave me a heads up, and he was like, "Post on social media if you can get some people to give you paint." Um, like just, I'm pretty sure he gave me a specific type, but I'm pretty sure it's just whatever most people use to paint their walls. Okay. Um, that type of paint. And I was like, whatever, like, I'll just buy you paint to paint this mural when you come here. I'm not going to do all that. And, but then when he bailed on me, I was, he kept mentioning that. And I was like, dude, I'll just buy paint, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bro, it's going to be like $400 worth of paint. I was like, what? $400? I guess what, I'll what is he painting? I haven't even seen the design. Oh, really? I'll no. send it to you. Um, no. It's not a specific, like it's not specifics, but it gives you an idea. But it's not even going to take up the whole wall. It's like most of the wall, but four hundred dollars worth of paint. So, so if anybody in the Lansing area has paint they want to uh, give away, it'll be part of a mural in the uh, spec office. Feel free to holler. What did he have? Is it like the most colorful thing ever? I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I really don't. I I can't I can't find me a little worried. Pull up, but no, whatever. But yeah, if if anybody in the Lansing area has some extra paint they want to throw our way, it would be appreciated, and we'll figure out how to acquire it. Okay. Well, so 
over or last week, Joel hit me up uh, okay. over text message, and he sends me this link about the uh, blurred lines, you know, Marvin Gaye lawsuit. <clears throat> and this is this is how in uh, tune that I am with with this whole thing is I thought that this had already been dealt with yeah it's been going on for a long time i didn't know that it officially hadn't been like there hadn't been a verdict on it yet and apparently that just came down last week and uh the marvin gay family was awarded so much uh explain to the people what the lawsuit was okay so uh, i forget the terms of it all but for what it is it's um uh, what are it, they? It's basically, is it a copyright? Yeah, thing? It's bas- I mean, without getting into too much detail, because whatever. Because Mar- I, I don't want to label it as something that it's not. Marvin so. Gaye's side is claiming copyright on one of Marvin Gaye's songs that sounds like Blurred Lines, basically, to right. just give the most basic overview of the situation. Right. And they're suing Robin Thicke, um, T.I., and uh, Pharrell. Correct. And so, and it's based off of the. It's based off of the idea that it resembles Marvin Gaye's song, um, Gotta, Gotta Give, give it, up. it Up, too much to the point that they're able to. And so, and the judge even said when she was uh, uh, giving the verdict um, that this is the first time ever that someone has been able to copyright a style of music, like his style. Yeah. Which is scary to me. <laughs> like, and, and if you listen to the songs, I'm not going to play the songs on here. You can go and play the songs yourself and come up with, with whatever is you that want the, to. Okay, so, but, um, did you say you're not going to play the song on here? I don't, I mean, I can. I just, I, because the I think thing we is, should. like. I think give, give the people some insight. Like, I have, I, you want me to just play that thing I was playing? Yeah, I don't, I just don't want to play too much, because. Because we don't want to get the Marvin Gaye yeah, family we don't after wanna, us. we don't want to get the Marvin Gaye family after us. Um, well, as long as we talk over it, maybe uh, things will be okay. <laughs> but um, most of you are familiar with this song. Right. Um, but so this is the Marvin Gaye song. Yep. And yeah, like you get the, you definitely get a similar vibe. I mean, this is a minute and a half. Do you want me to keep it going? Like you tell me when you want me to stop it. They keep going back and forth. I mean, this is you pretty much get the idea. Like, it's kind of the same tempo. There's yeah. a lot of the same type of instruments. A lot of the same notes in the bass line are being played. But it isn't the same song. Right. Like, that's... We have we have to keep in mind that you can obviously see that this song was inspired by Marvin Gaye's song. Right. Inspired, though, is, is the key word here. Because what artist is not inspired by other artists? Right. But... Lyrics are different. I think the, the whole way they do the vocals is is quite different. I, I read an article and there was only one or two lines that had the even the cadence of yeah. the Marvin Gaye song. Yeah. So I, I, I mean that's the thing. Some you can listen to that. Um, let me interrupt you real quick because I, uh, you mentioned the the judge, uh, saying that. It allowed them for the first time in history, basically, to copyright a style. Mm-hmm. When I, re- I I can't remember if she said style. It was something like it was style, yeah, musical style. It was a, okay. I'm reading it right now, but um, it it sounded to me when I read it that that was not the judge that made the decision. 
like that was another judge. Oh, maybe it was. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what the exactly yeah. the article said, but I mean it's right. Because here's here's what I read. The the ninth US Circuit Court of Appeals largely upheld the decision while clearing TI. The judges rejected Williams and, and Thick's request to order a new trial, saying Gay's copyright was entitled to broad protection. They also accept this this confused this confused me. They also accepted the original judge's decision to instruct the jury to reach their verdict based only on the sheet music to the songs and not the recordings. So they only judged it based off the sheet music? What? What? Really? If I'm reading that right, they also accepted the original judge's decision to instruct the jury to reach their verdict based only on the sheet music to the songs and not the recordings. Which, if that's that's true, that's a major problem. That's a huge problem. But then, to get to your part, it said, Wednesday's decision prompted a strong dissent, a strong dissent, from Circuit Judge Jacqueline Nguyen. Um, she, she said the decision let the gays accomplish what no one has before, copyright a musical style. So they're saying that was a strong dissent from her. So um, it, it sounds like she's not the one that was for it. Yeah. The okay, gay, the, that's the, fine. The gays, no doubt, are pleased by this outcome. She wrote, they shouldn't be. So yeah. she was not with Okay, that, that's fine. That's so fine. she's saying, yeah, like, they copyrighted a musical style. Right. That's fucked up. Yeah, I, and I agree. Like, yeah, I agree. Because as, well. as as a musician, like that's this is setting setting a dangerous precedent for for music creation because we, I, I mean, and you have people possibly like okay, I'm not gonna go out on a limb here and say like the judge has never had any sort of like uh, uh, experience in music creation or whatever. You just don't know that. But based off of this judgment you have to kind of assume that it's like any artist any artist that you talk to is never going to refute the fact that they're inspired by somebody else yeah 100 percent. and if they are they are very not they are very out of this world not in touch with reality yeah and and just to go back to what you started with how you thought this was settled a while ago it was i think this was the appeal maybe oh Um, it was a 2015 verdict that was upheld. Um, so the and by the way, the verdict is they it's five million the gays get five million dollars mm. and also fifty percent of future royalties from the song. Damn. But the one judge that the the judge Jacqueline, um, who doesn't agree with all this, she was like she thought the two songs differed in melody, harmony, and rhythm. She said it strikes a devastating blow to future musicians and composers everywhere. Um, it's but just it's he, kind of, it, it does kind of suck. Like he, something like that. When I listen to those two songs, could you hear? Could can you hear inspiration? Can you hear similarities? Yeah, but how many? How many songs out there? And it's funny. We recently talked about like that Tory Lanez thing. Mm-hmm. That's a different story to me. Like no, that yeah, that one you hear the, the flow, the the lyrics, the delivery, the beat, all of it. Even starting out with similar lyrics, like mm-hmm. that's that there was none of that in this song. Like the the thing is, there was a tempo mm-hmm. similarity for sure, but you can't copyright a tempo. And there was a similarity in the instruments that were used, as far as like similar cowbells to the same tempo. Like you can't copyright that either, right? And that's where I was going with it is how many you could you could pick apart a lot, a lot, a lot of Billboard Top 100 songs 
and say, oh, they sound like this. Right. That sounds like that. Right. And then we'd have lawsuits flying around. Exactly. And the fact that this one won is a little bit scary. It's super scary. Like, honestly, you listen to that song, and if you're a musician, you can't not be scared of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it honestly, when Joel sent it to me and I clicked on the article, I was like, is this for real? Like, this is actually a a, a judgment? Says, uh... Musicologists have reacted with disappointment to the ruling, saying it might hinder creativity in the future. Joe Bennett, a professor at Berklee College of Music, wrote a note-by-note comparison of the two songs in 2014, which was a year before the first verdict came down, and he concluded they only shared a groove. What they have in common is indicative of the time period. Yeah. He said, if my favorite artist uses a cowbell and I use one too, can you copyright the cowbell? Yep. Exactly. That that's the same thing that I read. Because the thing is, you listen as a musician, you listen to that, and I was literally trying to give it a critical ear to what is similar in the song. That's what I came up with. Yeah. The groove is very similar. Yeah, for sure. The, some of the even the notes in the bass line are yeah. the same. Pretty but, yeah, much. But, but I can't tell you how many new songs I hear that I, I talk to Q about music a lot. Right. One of the first things we do just naturally, if you if you know music and and have a relatively broad catalog in your head yeah if you hear a new song a lot of times you compare it to a song you've heard in the past that's just there's only there's only so many sounds and so much you can do with music you can't copyright a note right you can't copyright an instrument and the reason you you can't copyright a groove and the reason you can't do that is because there are only so many sounds like otherwise music would end we wouldn't have music that's what i'm saying yeah it would be like people created music yeah. And, and then there was that always was those, and there was those music musicians. Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. a new instrument got invented. Right. Exactly. That was it. Right. That's yeah, insane. It's, it, it's, a, it's a scary precedent to set, that's for sure. And you just kind of hope that, you know, the, the judges that made this decision, if it, if it comes up again, that the correct decision will be made to set a better precedent because at this point it's scary as soon as a a decision is made and then upheld and then upheld because it's like but it's only as far as those court rulings and stuff go that normally sets a precedent going forward because it's kind of insane that like because the thing is if they're only making this decision on the sheet music yeah that's one thing i'm interested in in doing a little more research on is like that that makes no sense to me because zero we're talking and that's when that's when you start to as a creative and stuff just shake your head it's like okay why are we if we're if we're talking about music why the hell are we just doing such a using such an archaic way of comparing them look right. at the sheet music that's it <laughs> what why and like i, I don't want to go too far into that because all I know is that sentence I read. They they accepted the original judge's decision to instruct the jury to reach their verdict based only on the sheet music to the songs and not the recordings. So if that's true, I, that's absurd to me. That's the only thing I've seen on that. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say 100% that's what the case was. But that's what it seems like if that's what I'm reading. And To me, that's somebody that is like that doesn't know a lot about music. Exactly. And they're, like, and they're making decisions for our music. Right. And the problem is going forward. That's how a lot of um, things are handled in court is next time somebody sues about something similar like that, they're going to reference this case. Right. And they're going to say, look, the Marvin Gaye family won that case based off the same thing I'm saying. Right. 
I, I should win my case. I can only compare that to you probably don't know what, what I'm going to say here just because this, like if anyone is an engineer or a mixer out there that does music for a living and, and you have, you had to prove that you didn't copy anyone else's mixing style just by how your equalizer looks, looks, not even how it sounds, yeah. how it looks. Yeah. It's messed up. That's dumb. That's Especially stupid. because there are more aspects to making a song than even just the beat. Like, right. if you just look at the sheet music, you completely ignore many of the vocals. But music is all about feeling, though, too. I, like, yeah, it's, I know. It's not, it, I know. it's not a concrete thing. You can't see music. And, that, and that's the thing as far as trying to make these rulings on music is, you know, if you look at sheet music, maybe something could be very similar. But if you heard two songs with, those, with that sheet music, you could be like, no, this song is completely different than the other one. But if you're not allowed to hear them, and you just have to say, oh, this is very similar to this. Boom, $5 million and 50% of future earnings off the song. That's like, insane. What? It's just not even a, oh my God. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't have anything to, else to say about that. Just because anybody that would argue the contrary is obviously just like, okay. Like, yes, if you look at the sheet music and they're similar, like, all right, if, if I was in, instructed by a judge to look at the sheet music and they were pretty much the same, then okay. But, like, it's not the right judgment. Yeah, and that's not the best way to get there. Right. Yeah, that's that's a little scary. Yeah. It is what it is, I guess. Now I can't make music anymore. Fuck. <laughs> what am I supposed to do for beats? <laughs> Apparently all your beats get to the final four. Well, you know, I can't draw inspiration from anybody anymore. Probably all those Final Four beats would not be a thing. Well, you've even said a lot of times, um, as a producer, you um, take, as far as you go sit down in the studio to make a beat, a lot of times you'll listen to um, songs that you like and things that you're listening to or whatever just to get inspiration. Right. And then you'll go make a beat. And you're not necessarily saying, I'm going to copy this beat, but you get this vibe in your head, and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to make a beat like that. Right. And you go make it. And even if you were striving to, quote, unquote, copy it, it would come out completely different. But if someone wanted to go back maybe and and be like, oh, that's, I I can hear some similarities there, they could maybe do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But that's the thing. You just have to be aware as a as a composer and producer or whatever too like i know there have been times where you've done that and you've sent me a beat and i've been like right away oh that sounds like this song right and we know those are ones okay yeah that's not gonna work that's and it's not like you set out to do that because you're always surprised when i hit you back with that i'm like oh this sounds exactly like this other beat yeah so i'm not gonna there there was one i remember um I think it was when we were making the parlay. And I told you, I was like, oh, that's what it was. I told you um, we had a bunch of beats, and I came back to the apartment, and I and I sat down with you, and I was like, I need, um, we were finishing off the project kind of, and I was like, I, we need something on there with just like some bounce. Mm-hmm. And you and you were like how you always are when, it, when I try to give you <laughs> these things, very defensive, like, what do you, you know, what, what did you, and, I left, and of course, so you spend all the next day, even though you fought it to the death, working on that. Right. And you came back with 
and you had asked me, I think, for a couple examples. And at the time, one of the one of the songs that was out that gave me the feeling I was looking for was Collard Greens. Yep. Uh, Schoolboy Q and Kendrick. And I came back, and you had created a beat. I don't even know if we could find. We could maybe even find it. Do you remember what one that is? Uh, but anyways, you had created a beat that sounded. Well, we didn't end up using it. I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, but, I, but I do remember the beat. that. I, I yeah, I, um, is it still in there? I don't know. I'm about to look. Uh, do you remember what it was called? I want to say something purple or something like that. Something like that. Oh shit! I don't. I can't. Um. Yeah, it was. Can you? Can you play it? Let me see. But. You had created a beat that to me sounded. Oh, here I got it. Oh yeah. So this is what you came back to me with, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this this does have kind of the bounce that I'm looking for. But yeah. I was like, it's way too similar. Mm-hmm. And of course, because you had sat down and you know you had worked on this all day or whatever, you were like, you fought me on it. No, what? No, blah blah blah. But I yeah. was like, yeah, this this is what I'm looking for, but it's just too fucking similar to that song. And next day, you go try to do something else, and what did you come back with? Jump Off. Jump Off. Mm. And Jump Off was unique and whatever, and that was the process. And, it, like, you know, Final Four song. Um, <laughs> but sometimes that's just how things go as far as inspiration and, and the process and, and things like that. And all, all artists are inspired. There are a few, a very few generational artists that that really create their own sound, right? Um, but even they are inspired by other artists. It's just you just don't see it it's, like you do it's with more other people. Subtle. Yeah, yeah. And and they're more they're a little more ingenuitive where they do really come up with their own style. But those are few and far between. Like, I think a lot of people would look at like a Kanye as. Uh, you know, amazing artist comes up with his has his own unique style and sound or whatever. Kanye came up off of samples and and being inspired by a lot of the older right. generation before him and and people around him and stuff. And that that's just that's the way music is. And right. so if you start, especially hip hop, yeah, especially hip hop. So if you start to chip away at that and take it away, right, you start to and hip hop is the most popular genre right now. Yeah. No, I know. I was trying to find um from I, I was percussion. I, I was uh listening to this Travis Scott effects on my shit. What is this? It, there was this video that was like does logic steal? Uh, <laughs> and it was like comparing all of his like beats and like even the way that he's rapping over those beats and then they were playing like other uh do you remember his was it his intro or out, outro song to Incredible True Story and it was those tribal drums? And that Kanye used in like uh, uh, I can't remember the song. I was trying to find it because it was like the most genius way of like this is exactly what we're talking about as far as it. It's not stealing. Like it's being inspired by another artist because you can hear the similarities. The same thing as this Marvin Gaye thing. Would you know the song if I said it? Probably. Oh, I think it was it amazing. Maybe or was it? Wait, are, what's the logic song? Uh, it's I I wouldn't know. What'd you want to be? You said incredible true story. I think so. It wasn't this. Was Maybe it? it was an interlude. It could have been an interlude. Yeah. 
right here. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I yeah. hear it right away. Right, amazing. But, I like, is this is this it. copying? It See, to me, it, like, right now, I hear amazing. Yeah. But it depends where you go with it, to me. Like, if you use a sound... But it's see, not, right now he brings in that other yeah. instrument. Now it's not amazing. To change it. I right. know. I know. Now it's but, not amazing. Like <laughs> now, yeah, now it's not amazing. Right. No, but it, it. That this is what I'm talking about with the Marvin Gaye thing. Is it's like, dude, you can hear similarities throughout the entire thing. But does that mean that it's like copying? No. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the Very tempo's similar. a little sp sped up here. But it's the same, like. But but if, but that's the problem. That's the problem. I'm not a sheet music guy, so. But whatever. But that's the problem. Right. Com maybe compare the sheet music on these. Yes. Maybe it would. Maybe very similar. It would. It would. But if you listen to the two songs, no, no. they both did completely exactly. different things with it. And exactly. I bet you, I, I'll I'll never speak for another man, but I bet you that if you asked Kanye, mm -hmm. he would probably be like, th "This is logic." He would. Like he's doing something totally yeah, different, totally different than Kanye did. Right. Um, funny that Logic went the singy whatever route, yeah, Kanye yeah. went the rapping route. That's yeah. that's rare. Um, yeah. But if you ask Kanye about it, he would probably be like, "And eh, I don't like, I don't like that you used that sound that was very unique to this song by right. me." But because you did something so different with it. You know, it's not the end of the world. No, like that's 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 music, and and because he knows he's done things like that himself. But right, no artist would say that. Like right. you are not a you are not an artist if you would if you would claim copyright on that. Yeah. This uh, this one by Logic always reminded me of. Do you know? And it's less, it's it's not the beat. It's the type of shit it's that the they about. Like Chris said, I gotta bleed it out. I've been in the zone, I can't be without Oh, uh, Big Sean's, uh, nope. no? Sounds like a Big Sean song to me. But I need a vision, can't see without. I've been patient, never come place. I left the underground when I left the basement. That's renovation. I spit this verse like a revelation. On the road with Kid Cudi and B.I.G. Nothing? You got nothing? I'm sure if you say it, I would know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that to me is another example of I guarantee you because I've done this. I guarantee you Logic and those are by the way that's Drake too much and Logic uh till the end. Go right. listen to those songs and not the beat but the flow. Right. Very similar. Yep. But I've like I guarantee you Logic didn't sit down and say I'm going to write a song like Drake's Too Much. I'm going to use that flow. Yep. I guarantee you he's a Drake fan. We all know that. He's said it. Yep. He likes that song. Yep. He's listened to it many times. Yep. And when he sat down making his outro or and on that beat, whatever, that's what came out. Yep. Because he was inspired by yep. Drake's shit. He yep. didn't sit down and say, I'm going to copy that. Yep. And you have to leave room for that for, for artists and musicians because if you don't, you just start to take all these things away. Now, if he did that over a beat that was super similar to Drake's too much, mm. okay, then we're starting to talk about a problem, maybe. Right. But, you know, n lots of people are Logic and Drake fans. Yep. And I bet you there's not a huge percentage of people. Like, I, you're a big Drake fan. I played you that Logic song and said, does, what does this sound like? And not to say you wouldn't come up with it if you heard the whole song, whatever, but, 
you you weren't sure where to, where to go with it. Well, and it's, that's the it's, thing. It, it's funny when you say that because when that song first came out, because they came out around. Uh, it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long yeah. of a. But I do remember when that those songs came out. I do remember when the Logic song came out that I did think yeah. that. But they've been so far removed now that I'm just like, yeah. I mean, they're their own songs until you, you bring it, it up again. If you do your own thing with a similar aspect, that's all I. That's all I care about. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's that's good on that topic. That is a hard thing to to make a judgment on though, as far as like it. The best judgments I think are made by musicians listening to the two songs and and just asking a simple question of did they copy that shit or did they not right which makes it difficult in the in the in a court of law because in a court of law a lot of times you want to like run down a list of things and and have it be this exact science yeah but which is why they like went with sheet music and stuff like that as opposed to just saying here listen to these two things you have a you know, you have a good opinion on music. Listen to these two things and say, uh, did they copy each other? Well, and that's but the you problem. can't really do that in a court of that's law. That's the problem with with a the family of a musician suing musicians. Yeah, that yeah. that gets a little bit blurry too because it's like pun intended, blurry pun, in, pun in, pun intended. But I mean, come on, like his family aren't musicians. Do you think Marvin Gaye would sue because of that? Yeah, like himself I, again, it gets tricky. Like, um, just hypothetically asking what people think and would do and stuff. But yeah, it, you'd like to think, I would like you, to you, think the musician would, like would think, know. Yeah. You'd like to think musicians would not do that, but people like money too. So I don't know, but yeah, you, you always question when it's like the family of someone. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's an interesting topic and a scary topic for musicians. I have a, um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very important one. Very uh, serious topic. Okay. So I was on Twitter. And I saw um, a tweet that was troublesome to me. My tweet? No. Oh. Joey's tweet. Okay. I want to get your opinion on this. Our artist, Joey? Our artist, Joey Alana. Okay. Do you think I'll I'll read the tweet and I want your opinion on it if you think it's uh if you think it's true or not. Okay. I quote When them other fools know you fresher than a mug, so they don't want you at their party. Hashtag I need a heat check. So my question to you is <laughs> do you think other people don't want Joey at a party because he's fresher than a mug? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Didn't know you had that cue. Oh, up. yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and I don't even know how to explain that now because it's just not. <laughs> I don't even think I should expand on it. I just thought that was funny. Joey, yeah. no one's not letting you at their party because you're fresher than the mug. <laughs> get, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about the. Uh, did you he- did you hear about the YouTube subscribe button that they came out and said that it doesn't do what literally seventy five percent of the world thought it that they did? No. Explain. 
YouTube is now trying to like be a little bit more transparent with their creators. It's always good. And I believe don't I, I literally just saw this clip on YouTube um and it's been going around a lot from it, it's somebody that uh just uh, took the, a clip from YouTube's live stream that they were just explaining stuff to their creators and stuff like that. And it was about the subscribe button. And they said that they they take it upon themselves in their algorithm. When someone clips, clicks subscribe and that, that uh, channel puts out a, a video, they don't send it to all your subscribers. I always wondered about that. Which is it, it, so? Uh, where, so, uh, do on. we know when thing when it does get sent out to dis- to subscribers? Like what subscribers it gets sent out to? Here, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play this video because I re or uh, I retweeted it and commented on it on my Twitter. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. So I only it, see when you bitch about the refs. I think we don't notify all of your subscribers, right? We notify all of your subscribers who have rung the bell, and then your most active subscribers after that. Say that. Okay, I so we that. Try to- they notify all your subscribers that have rang the bell by your subscribe button. And then your most active subscribers af- after that. That's it. Wow. By um, the people who we believe would be most likely to tune in and watch your content. That's right. While it's live. Right. Well, not so YouTube is that YouTube is deciding this. That's only that's only live or when you just put out a video. When you put out a video. Wow. Because I always wondered about that too. Because I'm subscribed to a lot of channels and I don't get agreed. That's why I've, that's of, why I've always all. wondered about it. And and there's other things too, like even other things such as Spotify and whatever. Like I follow certain artists that when they post, I n- I have my notifications on and I never get shit. No, Spotify is weird because I feel like I never get anything. Yeah, so okay. I've I've always wondered about that. But he- here's my thing: Are you uh are you on Apple Podcasts? Do you subscribe to any of them? Yeah, just a couple. You always get notified of new episodes. Yep, always. Okay, here's here's the problem because Apple Podcasts works kind of the same way, but they default. To ringing the bell, ringing the bell. Right, right. You have to turn it off in order to not get those notifications. Uh, yeah, and I guess to me, when I subscribe to a channel, it's like if I subscribe to a magazine, am I going to leave it up to time to tell me? Well, he might not want this subscription to yeah. it. like no. Yeah, like give me all of it. Right, unless I tell you otherwise. Right. I want all the. I I want all of it. Yeah. I'm subscribed to this channel. I want all of the content. So I don't want you to tell me what content that I want. So were you able to go next level with any of it and see what people's thoughts and reactions were on it? Like, are creators upset about that? Yeah, th- that's how I found out about it is it's been going around. And I, I, and honestly, I I haven't seen any of the other side of it because I don't really see there being another side just because it's like... I, I, I can't envision the other side either because to me, if I subscribe to a channel... I know and Joel was tweeting about it, and I can't remember exactly what he said. If I subscribe but. to a channel, I want to know about the videos they post. If I get sick of their of the notifications about them posting a video, right? I will unsubscribe, or I will go into my settings to try to figure out if I can mute the notifications, or whatever the case may be. It should be up to me. But it, yeah, it should start with, if I subscribe to a channel, I know when they drop content. Right. That's the whole point of subscribing to me. It's not to just run my numbers up. I don't want YouTube to decide what yeah. I want to see. I didn't follow a ch- I didn't follow and subscribe to a channel 
just to give them a subscriber. Right. I actually wanted to view the content. Right. Exactly. Like that. That's I, I. I was I was blown away when I when I heard that. Yeah, that's a that's a surprise to me. That is news to me. That is insane. It makes sense though when you even think about some of the things like. We have 120,000 subscribers. You would think, like, for example, when we started the podcast, you would think that a new thing like the podcast, that just the, the very first one, yeah, that there would be an initial push of, like, X amount of thousand just because this video should be sent to 120,000 people's inbox. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you would think the initial push just to be like, oh, I, I'm subscribed to the spectators. I have interest in them. This is a brand new thing. Let me see what it is. Right. So you would think the views would be a little more initially than they are. But it's because it's not even getting pushed to these people, which well, is frustrating. And that, that's the thing is like based on my own personal uh, experience, I don't get notified of every channel right. that I I'm. So there must be some truth to this regardless of if – Maybe this was taken out of context or like whatever. But at the same time, it's like, for some reason, I'm not getting notified of all the videos that I'm subscribed to. So yeah. there's something wrong there. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where that where that goes, if anything gets changed with that. what Even like in the comments on this video, I'd like to just hear from our subscribers. Any, yeah. any of their experiences for sure. with those things. Here, here's, what, here's what Joel said about it. He's, he said, it seems like a lot of people are characterizing this clip as a discussion on how sub feeds work or sub feeds for videos work when watching the whole video gives you the context that this appears to be an explanation as to how push notifications work for live streams. Okay. Well, that's when you first read it. That's what I, why I asked you, is that just for live or is that for any right? Video but the post? only reason why I was posting it was because maybe it was in the video for YouTube to be talking just about live streams or something like that. But maybe they slipped into giving a further insight as to how actual sub buttons work. And then it made you think about how you are subscribed to things that you don't get. In, yeah. Right. I'm an active YouTube user. Yeah. And, and, you, and you'll come across videos to channels you're subscribed to that never popped up to you. A lot. Right. And I, I'm same way for me. A lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I would be interested just to hear from sub, our subscribers. In our, and the thing is, unfortunately, the people that watch this podcast are probably some of our more active subscribers, right? Who would get the push notifications? Yeah. So, well, it, maybe but, that won't tell us a whole lot. And, but and here's the thing, though, is um, there's channels that I regularly watch on YouTube that I'm subscribed to, but I still don't get notified of every video. Yeah. Why? Don't know. <laughs> I mean, but that's why I will, I, I will say this. As I a, looked at this video and I was like, I mean, even if they're talking about live streams only, there's got to be some truth to this, like outside of the live stream realm. I, and it might be like a minute a relative thing, but there is something wrong with that. Yeah. Based off our experience. Based yeah. off. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that ex, that is experiencing this. I've well, been experiencing it so for you a said long it, time. You said it be, kind of became a big a big thing out. In yeah, the, people kept retweeting it, and that's why so, Joel, Joel rightly said that like he right. watched the whole live stream, and it was based on the context of live streams. Right, and I believe that based off of just the even the the few sentences you read me at the beginning. Um, but I will say, if like maybe like you said, part of the reason it became a shitstorm a little bit is because people like you, who are YouTube creators, 
and are aware of these things have wondered about that and took that to the next level. Exactly. So yeah, I I would just say this as a bottom line, I guess. If if it is just a live thing, okay, that's fine. If it comes out that there is any truth that if if you're subscribed to a channel and they post a video and it doesn't go to your inbox, like it doesn't give you push right. notifications, that's an issue for YouTube because bottom line, if you subscribe to a channel, you should be made aware of all the content that they post. That's and to me, you, that's how and it then should your work. Your settings and adjustments should go from there as a user. Right. So if it's not that way, that needs to change. And I hope that everything comes becomes transparent. But I do life. feel like even people that aren't immersed in the into the YouTube community are under the impression that when they hit subscribe, they're getting every video. I am. I I, I was too yeah. until until as of like probably maybe eight months ago where I was like, wait a second, why am I not getting all of these videos? Hmm. And then I started to realize, okay, there is a bell icon next to the to the subscribe button. Like that that might have uh the reason for why I'm not getting every single notification. And when I click on that bell, then I get everything. But wouldn't it be to the to the mindset of of Joe Schmo who's not super <clears throat> familiar with YouTube and everyone and all of the YouTubers are like subscribe to my channel, yeah. subscribe to my channel, subscribe, subscribe to my button. channel. Not hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. To be honest with you, I had no idea the bell was a thing. Yeah, the bell's a thing. I had no idea it was even a thing. I don't know. But to me, like even my wife, how do I subscribe to your channel? Yeah, hit, well, the, hit the subscribe button. So do I get notified of all that? I literally told her yes like a year ago. Yeah. And she was like, every single time, once in a while, she would be like, I don't get notified of that video. And I didn't really think <laughs> Every of single time, once in a while. No, once in a while, it would be like, <laughs> no, I, get, yeah. I didn't get the video. And I would always just assume, like, oh, it's something wrong with your phone and you don't know right. how to work technology or whatever. But like, the more oh. that shit happens, but the like more that shit happens, happens to you, it happens to her. Exactly. It to, yeah. Exactly. You start to wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that comes, I hope that comes to light, if that's a thing. I mean, I, it's got to be just based off of personal experience. I don't know how far it goes, but right. of a personal experience, there's something wrong there. Yeah. Like, subscribe should mean that I get everything. If you want to use the bell icon and you want to have it active by default when somebody hits subscribe, I'm, like, podcasts and stuff like that, I'm way more fine with that. Right. Way more fine. But the, to set the precedent that subscribe doesn't actually mean that you get all of the content, like... That that's just not even what subscribe means. No, in it's like heads. it's like it was a good comparison by you. You subscribe to a magazine. Are they going to say, "Oh, a after you get a f one year of magazines, are they going to start to say, well, they seemed more interested in these these issues." Yeah. So we're only going to send them these exactly. issues now. We're not going to send them the other stuff. No. No, I subscribe to you the magazine. Right. Like I subscribe to this YouTube channel. Yeah. I want what they post. Right. The umbrella company of Sports Illustrated then decides what I yeah. get, what issues I get. Right. Get it, out it, of it here. It would be up to you to hit up Sports Illustrated and say, I only want the swimsuit edition. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. It shouldn't just be, oh, he really seemed to enjoy that swimsuit edition. Yeah. I'm only going to send him that one. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. I subscribe to your magazine. That means I want all of it. I only want this one. And I can decide. <laughs> and I can decide whether or not I want to read those when you send them to exactly, me. Exactly. Exactly. So if I'm a user and I get annoyed with certain content from a from a creator, I'm either gonna a try to adjust my settings to not get that if it's possible, or b 
unsubscribe. Right. That's the point. Right. I don't want YouTube making decisions for me. Yeah. We could take that to a broader sense of just the world, other other people making decisions for us. But oh, we, my God. We, we, won't, we won't go there. I think that's what our users want is for us to make decisions for us. Yeah. Like, no. So, yeah, so all of YouTube can just whatever. Well, we won't like, even, really, we won't I, even I, go down I, that road. I really want to know, like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the minority as far as, like, maybe we all, maybe most people do want YouTube to make decisions for them. I wouldn't think so, though. Especially because the other side of that, it's not it's not a complicated algorithm to allow the user to hit a button to not get a subscription. Right. Like, whoa, that's pretty fucking tough. Right. Or to not not even I'm not even saying unsubscribe. I'm saying to have settings where you don't get a push notification. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So, but that's what and the that's, bell is. That's, but that, that's what the bell should be. That's what I'm saying. That's not a comp like they already have the algorithm. They just need to like reverse it. Right. So and and to me, there's no downside to that. I don't see a downside to that as a user. Like what you just said, maybe other people want YouTube to make the decisions for them. Like, I don't. I don't see. I don't see any logic in that because people just hit subscribe to hit subscribe, and their sub- subscription box is just so absurd that because they don't know how, like they can't fathom the fact of like unsupporting somebody. That's the only thing that I can I think know. of. I don't know. That's weird. Like I can't unsubscribe because then someone might get mad at me or something like. Like I don't. I don't but really. I'm not get even that. talking about unsubscribing. I'm talking about just push notifications. I don't see where anyone's argument would be of to reverse the bell to to yes. say when you subscribe yes. the bell gets rung, and then if you don't want it, you then un-ring you un- the unring the bell. Right. I don't see what anyone's argument against that would be. No, I wanna I wanna be subscribed to a channel, but not get notified of the content. I wanted to decide if I want to get notified of the content. It's so then. backwards, though. Like, I don't understand that. Because it's, especially because it's all within YouTube. Like, if you're talking about your iPhone, as far as push notifications or something. Right. Okay, maybe I could see, I could see possibly you saying, I want them to assume I don't want all these notifications popping up on my phone and mm-hmm. I have to go in and turn them on. Right. Because you have your phone on you at all times. Right. It pop like you have all these things on it, whatever. We're talking about like within YouTube. Yeah. So when you're on YouTube, right. Do you want these? Here here's you're here, already using YouTube. Here's a scenario for you. What what do you think of this? So you're subscribed to a channel and I, I'm trying to even think of an example, but like Casey Knight, you probably don't know yeah, enough know. about him. Not but, not a lot about him. I know but here is. here's the deal. So okay, so let's let's assume. I mean, Casey does. He he creates a lot of different types of content and posts them all on the same channel. Okay, so there's some things that I enjoy <laughs> and some things that I don't enjoy. Yeah, the content wise that he creates and he labels them differently sometimes and you know blah blah blah. So I'm sure YouTube has an algorithm in the background that's like Matt will enjoy this type of video, but he won't enjoy this type of video right. from Casey. Okay, fair. But at the same time. I would rather like and the whole reason the reason why they're going to say that this is best for everybody is because they're trying to protect Casey from spamming everybody's right. notifications which is which is a cool idea which is fine but here's here's the problem <clears throat> this is what I believe as far as when I hit subscribe and someone starts spamming me out with more shit that I don't care about compared to shit that I do guess what happens you get unsubscribed from or at least you get the bell like out of here like i don't care anymore to me you should leave it up to the creator hey creator don't piss off your fucking subscriber right don't leave it up to youtube to be like 
I'm going to sift through all of your content and choose if, which if, ones if your, your audience wants. If they really want to get complicated with that and help the users sift through what they think they might like, that needs to be a separate thing. Have it be a ranking option or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, that. We, like we, rank by, popul- by popularity based off of your right. <clears throat> history, whatever. Right. Ha- have it be like that. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't like that idea of them just But that's what YouTube would argue, though, is you have so many of these channels that like post so many different things and you only like a third of it. Yeah. And users will get pissed if if you're getting notified for all that. How about you just be a responsible user and are just like, yeah. hey, you want my subscription? Don't spam me out with shit that I don't give a shit about. Yeah. And if you don't give a shit, then unsubscribe. Like. Right. It's not hard. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm with you. You want to get to some fan questions? All right. Let's do it. Are you topicked out? I'm topic. I'm topic. Topic. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a topic out. <laughs> Boys, it's 40th. 40th. Uh, my question would have been perfect uh, last week because you guys kind of dabbled on it a touch. But uh, so not like asking, in no. full detail. But Bruce and I have talked about this a few times, and so it's perfect to add on this. But was the Gets late the 90s, call it like 99, <clears throat> through maybe like 2007, 2008, the best? run of like hip-hop r&b and pop or does it just feel like that because it's what we grew up all right i'm glad i'm shout out porteous he's the homie um used to live in denver we stay with him on tour and go visit him a lot out when we were out west and things like that um always been a big supporter of us even early on Mm -hmm. so shout out porteous um I want to answer this question because it really intrigues me. I'm glad that other people are intrigued by this because we've talked about it multiple times, the nostalgia factor in music. Yep. I almost want to say I'm going to write this down and really do like a more a, a deeper dive into it next podcast and make it a real topic because I feel like it's always just randomly come up amid other topics when we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we set it aside and, and actually make it a topic that we're ready to talk about and try to actually come up with a verdict on it instead of just like, oh, nostalgia factor is always a thing. Like, maybe let's let's try to nail it down and talk about it next week. Right. <clears throat> Would you be down? Yeah. Um, my, ho- my hot take on it okay. is... Better be a hot take. I, I, don't, I don't think <clears throat> that... Uh, that's not a good start to a hot take. No, I I, I, I mean, I know, I know what I want to say, but I'm trying to... So, he said 99 to like 2007, 2008. Yeah, basically that decade. Would you even say R&B was even like that great? Yeah. At that? Really? Who, who are we talking about? I mean, maybe... Okay, maybe R&B was better like the decade before that. Yeah, that's what I would argue. That's why I want to go. That's why I want to actually <clears throat> make it a topic and go do some research because, like, as far I'm self admittedly not the best when we're talking about like specific years. I have a hard t- I have a hard time knowing right. exactly what remembering exactly what was out because I I just kind of group like the '90s together. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. even '90s and early 2000s, those kind of '95 to 2005 kind of blend together. So if we want to actually compare decades and things like that, I kind of want to go back and say like, okay. 
what really because it's easy to just be like oh that during that time i think what really was going on and popping in these times so i kind of want to actually go do the research uh, yeah uh, and that's fine the, <clears throat> and my my hot take would be if we, if we can throw out r&b in okay. this because just i'm not hip-hop. just say hip-hop okay. to me like 99 to 2007 i would argue was when hip-hop really hit its pocket because that is when it became, throughout that time, the most popular genre. What do you mean became the most popular genre? Because it just recently became the most popular genre. No, no, no. When it started to have... not <clears throat> Sorry. Not when it was straight up the most popular like, genre. <clears throat> basically, what when, you're saying is hip-hop popularity has gone like this... And then ninety nine, like that period of time, it went, it like, went that. like that it exponentially. Yeah. Grew. It, it, yeah, exactly to the point now where we can say that it is the most popular genre in the world. Yeah, and and I don't, I, I honestly, I'm disappointed in your hot take because I don't think that's, I don't think that's a crazy hot take. It's not a crazy hot take. That's why I wanted to just have the hot take is because I I do think that that's, you know, because younger people would argue that though. Yeah, but they weren't around. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is it's like I I think it's and, be- and, 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 and older people would argue that the decade before is when it started doing that. And they might have an argument. So that's why that's why we need to have this nostalgia factor. Right. Is everyone that was but, our generation. But, that, but that's let me stop you. Let me stop you. Because that period was our formative generation. That was those were our formative I years. Understand. So it's like big coincidence that you think that's Super the year that hip hop really but here's the thing. I would like to see the numbers because I actually think in my head, if I can separate myself from nostalgia-wise, mm-hmm. there's a reason why hip-hop is the most popular genre right now, today. It didn't just happen like hip-hop, 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 2018, boom! Like No, I, no, I know. I'm, I'm not arguing that. But I'm, I'm just saying I could hear an argument. Like I tend to agree with you on when that time period, but I could hear an argument that the decade before that is when hip hop really did that exponential growth and and those guys were thinking of just carrying right. the torch. And here's the thing, I would love to hear that <clears throat> argument, right. but whatever argument that I'm listening to and I'm not even saying that mine is based off of fact. Mm-hmm. Whatever one it but my gut feeling if I look up the facts right now, mm-hmm. it's going to tell me that from 99 to 2008 or whatever, 2010, yeah. That's when the spike happened. Yeah. I'm and and to... I'm, I, that's all I'm arguing. I, I'm taking nostalgia out of it. I'm taking everything. I want to argue the facts. I want to argue the numbers. No, I know. I know. That's, yeah, that's the idea. Because then you can determine whether nostalgia was right. a thing. Or not. Exactly. If you, but yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about ever since you brought up that R&B thing. Like, I honestly don't think 99 to like 2009 was even that great. Like, because this is why I need to do the research on it. Because I think of an artist like <clears throat> when you think R&B at its peak. You think of an artist like Usher at his peak. Mm-hmm. But what was his peak? I, I want to say it was before 99, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was after. I, I'm just not good with those dates. Yeah, so I'm not either. That's why I kind of want to do a little bit of research and really nail down what those dates that's were. That's why I'm saying R&B. I'm, I'm not too familiar and I, with I think our fans care those. a little bit more about hip-hop, hip-hop than R&B. Yeah. So we'll try to focus on hip-hop. That's why I'm, I'm not comfortable giving that hot take, but right. I, I mean, my gut's telling me that, like, from those time periods, I think a, I think any stats would probably back me up on that. Yeah. 
That's a good question. I do. I want to do a deep dive on that. On hope maybe the next. Uh, maybe we can hit up DJ Booth and have him do that for us. Like write an article about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should do a podcast. Send them the link to the podcast, and then have them write an article. Have about them refute it. it when we're wrong. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. Hey, uh, Packy. Hey, Mo, and uh, whoever else is on the podcast. Um, I'm Connor. I'm from the Philadelphia area, and um, I was curious to know. Because uh, I think you guys live in the Grand Rapids area, like around Michigan State. Uh, what it's like to like just be in town? Like, do you guys get recognized like pretty often? And uh, I, I heard I heard you guys mention that you might tour soon in a podcast or two ago. Uh, please come to Philly. I've been like a fan since 2013, and I'd love to see you guys in person. Thank you. Weren't we in Philly in 2014? Yeah, um, we were, but you know, people miss things. Shout out. Um, shout out that question though. I forgot his name. Um, <clears throat> do you remember? Connor. Connor. Yeah, that's right. Good question. Um, yeah, I, we want to tour. We're trying to work on some things for the fall. Possibly it's just, I, I never want to guarantee anything or whatever till things happen because even already in starting these things off, things go back and forth so much that I just don't want to make any guarantees. But once once we know things about touring, you guys will know. Because trust me, we... And for all you guys that have been asking about touring for so long, if I if I am near your city, I better see you guys. Because mm. um, it has been a while. Um, what was the first part of the question? I forgot. It was uh, how what it's like living. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's a cool question. Um, I think it's... It's not what you think. Or it, or it is. How? Maybe for you. <laughs> oh yeah well it's it's not like like i mean i can go anywhere in my hometown and like i can go to the and mall not and not be recognized yeah. but plenty like enough i get recognized enough times for it to be a thing yeah for sure like but no i i it's not like i go to the mall on a saturday when it's popping and i'm expecting someone to come up to me and be like oh packy no mm. it's not like that right. i'm always surprised when it happens but it, it, does, ha- it doesn't happen a lot. Let's just say that. But it no, does no, no, happen. no. I would never say it happens a lot. But right. it, yeah, but yeah, it happens. Right. I, I don't really know what, how to just de- how to describe it really, like as far as how often. But like, I guess that's the best way to say it. Like, I can go anywhere and have zero expectation of being recognized. Right. And anytime it does happen, it's like, oh, cool. Right. Yeah. True. Hey guys. Christian, a.k.a. Spec Myers, a.k.a. Spec J. Sloss, a.k.a. Coach Speck. I'm a huge fan. You know I'm from Toledo, Ohio. I just got a quick question for Packy Raps and Moti. Cut him off. He called me Packy Raps. get a collective project <laughs> like Cruel Summer or Cozy Tapes from the Spec. Um, also, I got to know, am I going to see y'all at Yo Fest 2018? You know it's going to be crazy. OJ's coming back to the mitt. It's going to be a show of the year. Hope to see y'all. Thanks. Um, shout out Spec Myers. He's the man. AKA Coach Speck. <laughs> He's the man. Um, don't ever call me Packy Raps again, or or you're not asking any more questions on the podcast, and we're not sending you any gear. You cut off. Um, thanks for finally getting your address right so we could send you some spec gear. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. You, <laughs> I see you adding new sounds. To oh it. yeah, you can expect some shit from the collective. Just I, I can't tell you when. Like we we've talked about it and we want to get in there and do it, but everybody has their own shit to work on 
um, at the moment. So we're not making a collective project a priority. Right. Um, because it's more important for everyone to get their own names out there. But no, it's something on our radar and I, I would expect it to happen eventually. Um, as far as Yelkfest, shout out Ali Joseph, um, and the other guys involved with that. Um, yeah, I would, I forget the date of it. Do you remember? I don't remember. No. Um, but no, I, I saw it and I, I plan on stopping through and seeing what's good. Um, I'm really happy to see those guys doing shit like that. Um, it reminds me of us coming up with green scheme and, and, and kind of having a brotherhood like that and working off of each other and using other people's connections and friends and fan bases and actually forming a bond like that. Because in a city like Lansing, um, you need that to help each other come up. No, like it's rare that anyone can just do it themselves. So it's the right way to do it. Yeah. It's awesome to see that. And I want to make sure that I support it because I think it's the right way and, and a good way to do things. And it takes effort to do that shit. And I like to see, um, the buzz around it. I like to see our fans supporting those guys because it's important. And mm-hmm. yeah, you can expect to see me there. Um, and I'm, I'm rooting all those guys on. I think that's dope to see. What's up, guys? This is Brian Fulkerson from Owensboro, Kentucky. Thanks for taking my call last week and uh, as well as this week. So I got two quick ones real fast. Uh, on Power Up, did, uh, did Packy tell us he's colorblind? <laughs> I'm colorblind but my outfit. What do you say? No, no coordinate. coordinate. <laughs> anyway. He had um, it. And then the other thing is on um, uh, No Deal. I was just curious if you could elaborate on the whole MTV situation. Kind of give us an insider's perspective if you could. Uh, I understand if you can't. But I'm an artist or a musician myself, and I kind of like I, I, I like music. And, and songs, uh, and, and I like to read into them, and that really struck me. And I was like, "Oh shit, they just sold MTV. Fuck you." That's pretty badass. Anyway, thanks, dude. Yeah, good question, Brian. Um, great rendition of Power Up. Uh, I'm colorblind, so is Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as No Deal goes, I feel like I've talked like I've told this story many times but i don't know if i've said it in a video where it can be like replayed maybe i've just i don't think so not not until like detail you you did because you had that uh q a at one of our shows and you went into pretty far in depth in that oh, but it was that's what it was but it wasn't on a video so man at this point it was like so long ago that i probably specifics that i leave out but as far as trying to answer your question to the best of my ability and you jump in mo when you i'll probably ask you to jump in but we were in talks with um, MTV and Sony. They had a, a, a platform together called Hype Music. Um, and they reached out to us and wanted to sign us. Um, and we basically, we hadn't made any money off our music at this point. This was probably 2012. Yeah. Um, like late 2012, maybe mid. Yeah. Um, Mid 2012, I think. And so we started talking about them, talking to them. I, th- I want to say it was late because when they first reached out to us, we were pretty ready to drop the transition. And they. Yeah, but we waited. We I waited know, a long I time. I know. And, and that's what I'm saying is they um, wanted to be a part of that release. Right. 
And so they kept pushing it back. We wanted to put it out. I don't remember the specific month, but I want to say we wanted to put it out late 2012 or like some end of summer, beginning of fall 2012 or something like that. Yeah, I think it was fall 2012 that we wanted to put it out. And they kept pushing it back. But, and to the point that I'm pretty sure we got to early 2013. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When, when did the transition actually drop? Summer of 2013? Or like March, April, something like that of 2013? Well, wait. Maybe I'm getting my days confused because maybe we were wanting to do summer of 2012. And then we ended up doing fall of 2012. For a transition. I'm trying to look up the release date right now. Yeah, I can't. I can't. So we put it up on YouTube April 30th, 2013. That's That seems right to me. That's oh, right, yeah. that's right that's on true. my timeline. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Man, that is super late. That's what I'm saying. We, we wanted. wanted to, I think we wanted to drop it late 2012. Yeah. Like, And they kept pushing it back, pushing it back to the point where, like I told you, we hadn't made any money off our music. We had never really tried this shit as far as... We had just done a bunch of free mixtapes and we're and we're gaining a fan base. Right. And so they want to be a part of it. And we're thinking, okay, yeah, we're giving up a percentage of money to you guys, but we're all about exposure and growing and growing and growing and growing. Right. And so we thought, okay, this is a good way to get out to a new batch of of people and and they can maybe help put us on some shows or, or things like that or yep. or um some publishing stuff. Whatever. As they keep pushing this back, um, they become harder and harder to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not getting great explanations for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just keeps getting pushed back to the point. I don't remember exactly how many months, but I want to say it was like four or five months of getting pushed back. I think it was like, yeah, I, I'm on to say it was like January that we finally were just kind of like of 2013. Yeah, I, I was think I was thinking like February or March of 2013 because we put Could it out and we Could put it out end of April. Yeah, and granted, this whole time it's ready to go. Yeah, and we kept pushing it back, pushing it back. We wanted to move out west. It was part of our way to raise a little money to move out west. Right. Um. And we started even just thinking about it. Was it wasn't only getting frustrated with them? It was also just a combination of that and, you know what? We've never actually tried this just on our own to see what type of money we could make because we had no idea no like it's hard to it's hard to try to guess because this is back in the the age of downloading music so it's hard to guess what type of stuff is going to translate from downloads to purchases right like you just have no way of guessing that if you've never done it right so we were just like you know what they're being dicks Mm. is this really a situation we want to lock ourselves into and we said no and we got out of it before we ever did anything with them. We dropped the transition. You guys were super supportive of that. We moved out to L.A. and we did the parlay completely on our own, and and that was a wrap. And that's, I've I've told people, um, especially people that want to do music, and like you said, you're a musician and and things like that. I've I've told people there's plenty of mistakes we've made along the way, and um, things I regret, things I would do differently. That is one that I am extremely happy with still to this day yeah for sure like there's zero part of me that's like oh i wonder what would have happened if we would have stayed with them Mm -hmm. i'm so happy we went the other way Mm -hmm. so as far as them being unresponsive and and just not great to work with 
blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. But that's, I guess that's a little bit of detail for you as far as that goes and why we made the decision we made. And it was, as far as signing with them, it got very far along. Like, if you guys have followed us for a while, you know that we don't, we don't make things official to you guys unless they're official. Yeah. And we made a video, like, announcing that we signed with them. Right. Because it was that far along. Yeah. And... We made so, that video long after our talks. And yeah, it, we and, had and been in talks with them. For we a had while. like a timeline. We had everything. It was it was, it was all planned. ironed out. Yeah, this and, wasn't just us on a whim. Like, oh, they want us. We're signed. Boom. Right. We're making a video. It was all planned out, and so that was part of the reason why pulling the plug was difficult for us too. Is it was a it was a well thought out decision. Right. It wasn't just an on a whim thing. And but it was yeah. it was our first real world insight though to how the music industry works. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is ever official until it's literally out <laughs> yeah and you might think things are dope until you actually get right. involved in them right um i forgot about a question on twitter okay and i'm gonna play it so hey what's up guys first of all greetings from the netherlands secondly i'm sorry for being a little bit quiet but it's currently 3 30 a.m and i don't want to wake up my family um anyway a couple of podcasts ago, uh, Pecky wore a dope-ass Spectators hoodie. I think it had some brown in it and some gray in it. It was obviously uh, from an old Black collection. It was hella dope. And uh, the big YouTuber Legion, you obviously know him, I think. Um, he has a lot of pictures where he has, uh, I think it's a parlay snapback, which is also fucking dope. And that kind of led me to this question. I was just wondering, will you guys ever uh, bring those old collections back? Like, if you bring that hoodie back and that spectators or that parlay snapback, I would definitely cop it instantly. Um, so that's basically my question. Will the old collections ever come back? Maybe for like a week, like um, a spectators throwback thing or whatever. It would be hella dope. Um, apologies for my bad English and, and for being quiet. See you. First of all, don't ever apologize. Dope yeah. question. Shout out Netherlands. That's dope. Um, appreciate you um, for the question. Volume was perfectly fine. English was perfectly Flawless fine. Flawless English. Yeah, don't ever apologize. Um, <clears throat> as far as the gear goes, I think he's referring to the... Uh, two-tone hoodie. Two-tone gray with the black mm-hmm. sleeves that I wore. Um, and I believe the hat was the spec shield. No, packy hat with the P on Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, you can expect some packy gear because we haven't had any in a while. Mm-hmm. So you can expect that. As far as throwback spec merch, um, maybe... Maybe once in a while, um, like an official throwback as far as we've been using that minimal logo a lot. That's just the three-stripe um, white spec yep. logo. And maybe maybe at some point we'll throw back a little bit of gear that actually has like the um, – with the word spec in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as just to give you guys a little uh, – I like to give you guys a little real-life insight on this podcast um, as as to – um, our business and things like that. This decisions we make as far as some of those things go. <clears throat> I'll take the the hoodie he's talking about for example. So we have this fan base, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of this fan base, this small percentage really really buys a lot of gear. <clears throat> you know, if you think about having hundreds of thousands of people that listen to your music, we're not sending out hundreds of thousands of orders to different people, right? Um. So you have this small percentage of people that actually buy the gear. So when we released those hoodies, X amount of people bought them. Mm -hmm. So as far as 
and, and we get those numbers on how many people buy them and blah, blah, blah. So as far as going and doing it again, we have to look at it as does it make sense? Like all these people th that normally buy gear already got it. Right. Do they want it again or would they rather have a new thing? And yeah, I'm sure there's, we've made new fans in the meantime and there's other people. So it's a possibility, but is it a better option to us than just making a new thing? Well, I mean, going, taking that a step further, the reason why we have to think about that is because in order for us to order these again, we have to order a certain amount for it to make sense for us. Right. So yeah, we can't just order like 10 and say, okay, right. whoever wants one. Have exactly. One. That's what makes it complicated for us. So we actually have to think about these things. Like, it's great that you would go out and buy one, but we would have to get at least like 30 of you to go out and buy it again in order for it to make sense. At least. At least. Probably, yeah, probably more than that, but... Well, more than that, but I'm just saying at the, at the very minimum right, right, for right. us to J even... For us to just say, it like, whatever, right. we didn't take a loss or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, good question, because I know a lot of people do ask for old gear items to be brought back and things like that, and it, it does make me think when I see those things, oh, that would, that would be dope, but we more look at creating the new stuff, and maybe we can even do in the future, like, some retro things where it's new, but it also brings some aspects of the old into it but yeah but thanks for the question that's it for the questions is it we did, i thought we had one more voicemail no mm -mm. okay four voicemails one twitter one cool we did four voicemails we did we did four voicemails i think right so we only did three no we did four we did four yeah yeah cool mm -hmm. um you got anything to say that's it for me I, that was a quality podcast i, I was really into that yeah, it's a good one. Good topics. First quality podcast we've had. Number 10. Ever. We're really hitting our stride. <laughs> We're really hitting our stride. <laughs> I'll be posting the final four um, polls at the end of the week this week so we can determine a champion. So make sure you're voting on those. Thanks to everybody that's been a part of it so far. Um, Danny Griffith just texted me and said that the Green Mitten website is up at noon. Um, it's 11.30 right now, so by the time you guys see this, it will be up. So feel free to go check that out. Like um, as far as our new gear goes? It's just a whole new website. I don't even know. Oh. But wow. I know it'll have new gear on it. Wow. Um, it'll have gear on it. <laughs> yeah, spend that money. <laughs> um, that's all I got. Dope. So, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for the calling, guys. The questions, keep them coming. Uh, we like answering them on every single podcast. I would like to keep those going. I, I would, I hope that we never have a podcast where we don't have questions. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Like, I, I don't, I feel like some, we, we, we won't cause it's just every week. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot for people to just be calling and asking questions yeah. every week with interest, but you know, hopefully. Well, I know there's a lot more of you guys listening. Don't be afraid to call in. We don't bite. Well, sometimes we might, but we don't bite like Tory Lanez. <laughs> I feel like I've been touching my mic a lot. This podcast, get off my dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We good? Bye-bye. Uh, I'm going to outro today with uh, Marcus Ryan's Three Ohios featuring Cyrus. Uh, if I can play it.